Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. And now welcome to segment number two of our conversation with our founders. We've learned much about their firm foundation, their preparation, and what brought them here. We're going to continue our discussion. Welcome, Pastor Hyacinth and Bishop. Thank you, Pastor Oliver, for inviting us. Yes. Wonderful. It was a pleasure. So let's pick up where we left off. Uh, This campus is a type of an Ebenezer. And as you know, the Hebrew meaning of Ebenezer is stone of help. It's what Samuel did when the Philistines or Philistines, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tomato, tomato, um, threatened the security of Israel. He prayed, he offered sacrifice, and then he put the stone after God had wrought the victory for them. This campus where we sit was built on a rock quarry over 100 years ago. And God led you here. So when you look back, um, where are some of the Ebenezer moments in your journey as founders? You want to go? I'll add to you. Sure, sure. Well, this is, we have to recall our final, (laughs) not resting place. No. But this is. But it's a place of rest, right? Because they're remaining the rest for the people of God. For the people of God. Yes. Of course, you knew, you heard of our early beginnings at Manor Bible Institute, and we knew that was just very temporary. We were so grateful to them. Then we went to uh, Broad Street. That was an Ebenezer moment. Mm. Ivy Leaf School was the first black owned school of its type in the country. The Greens, who were the. the, the, uh, owners. The, the, the owners, and the, they were the ones who started that school. They were really um, extraordinary in leading that model. Since then, of course, there are many, you know, many all across the country. But they had purchased a building on Upper Broad Street, which they did not meet for a year. So through someone's um, connections, we were able to be there for one year but we were having challenges with our educational ring. Needless to say, because of the way we came up, the education, the children's education program in church was very, very important. That was always a, a foundation. That was one of the foundation, foundational pillars. So we were there, and then we had just about outgrown the church when they needed it for September of that year. So I would say we were there from maybe December of 82, to, um, to the next period, like August of 83. Mm-hmm. They needed to get in to have school. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, they bought it and didn't need it, so they were happy to get our rent, and we were happy for the facility. Right. So where to go? That was, we felt a bit of anxiety, but we said, Lord, you know the place. And for a few months, we were at Manab- I mean, at um, Messiah. Messiah Lutheran Church, which is still there, I think it's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as Messiah losing because some of the churches in the city have changed names. And right. Community centers and different things. Right at the, at, at the um, entrance to the expressway. Well, we understood that the congregation had shrunk to the point where there was just a handful of people meeting in the library. 
So we were so sure we would get the sanctuary right, right. wrong. <laughs> they said, no, you can have the sanctuary at 1 p.m. A very inconvenient time. But let me explain. <laughs> they, they did not have enough members to have their morning, morning service. Mm -mm. But since we were willing to pay for the use of the building, they decided to have their morning service in the sanctuary if we were willing to have it afterwards. With three people? With just a handful just of a people. Handful of people. Just wow. a handful of people. So I guess their logic was, if you finance if you it, pay you're it. funding it, <laughs> what does it hurt? Well, hmm. anyway, we went and said, well, Lord, this is your work. We made the adjustment, and people made the adjustment. It was very hard for people with young children, though. It kind of crossed the nap time, and we had the cranky babies and everything, but the Lord helped us in any way. And, and, we went, and I remember Dr. Eve saying, Hyacinth, when we get our own building, we're not going to put anybody out. <laughs> There's a couple of people who were doing, you know, whatever they did, security, they would stand there at a certain time, I don't know if it was 3 o'clock or whatever the hour, but they had the most with interesting expressions on their face, like, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> okay. One day of these days, we'll have our own place. Right. And we knew we had to do that. Yes. Mm. And we felt urgent about doing it. So then we, we, we um, my husband was at a meeting one evening. We had had, um, we were looking. We had different people in the church looking for places where we can have a service. And there was a building in West Oak Lane, which had been a synagogue, which, unbeknown to us, had been promised to the community by the, the um, city representative of that area. So when they heard that we were interested, that caused a furor, mm -hmm. and there was a big, big splash. It went into the German yes. and Korean, <laughs> and it, says, um, it, it was a big, very negative splash. And then that night, that used to come out on Wednesday. Wednesday night, um, this, um, I got a call. My husband was out at a meeting somewhere. And this person said, um, I am Mr. Son, so he gave his name. I am president of a synagogue, which is at Arley and Johnson Street. I read the paper, and I saw what you all are looking for. You're looking for a building, said yes. If you're interested in that building, you need to see what we have. And so he told us about that. He said, tomorrow morning, we can meet you um, kind of early. We meet early at 8 o'clock. Can you come? I said, I'll tell my husband. We will certainly be there. And so when he came home, we rushed over there just to see, you know, the place and get a, a sense of the location. And when we saw that building at Arley and Johnson, we said, oh, this would be so awesome. With its own parking lot and everything. And everything. Right. <laughs> oh, it was just like a piece of heaven for us. And so we stood there, prayed, and thanked God in advance for that building and went back home. So um, the next day he came and he says, it's just the two of you. He says, where are your elders or something? He says, well, I'll share this part because I wrote it. The, 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 I, I found out the, the, the person in charge of a synagogue quite apart from the rabbi and the other people. It's called the president. Oh. And I have a brother-in-law who is from the Jewish faith, and he, he told me this recently. He's called the president. And whenever we would come and, you know, we began negotiations for mm -hmm. the building, and my husband asked a question. He said, why do you always have this place set up for breakfast? 
He said, that's a strange question well, for they, you. Well, they had a sanctuary, and then they had uh, a fellowship. Fellowship, okay. yeah, attached, and, attached. And that was set mm -hmm. up for breakfast. I see. And he asked a question, and he said, what? And then he said, that's a strange question coming from you. Are you the pastor of the church? Yes. So why would you ask me that? He said, it just seems different. He said, well, when do you have that kind of meeting with the pastor? He said, so, so, I mean, with the elders, if you're the pastor, do you have, what is your leadership? What is your governmental structure? So we said, well, we have elders, ruling elders, we call, and then we have, you know, others and so on and so He says, we always meet with our um, pastor, our rabbi, twice a week so that he could know our mind and we could know his mind. We mm. need to know his mind. They met for breakfast twice they a week. They met wow. for breakfast twice a week. And if you could not commit yourself to that kind of time, you could not be an elder. In a Jewish... We synagogue. were, like, stunned. So the people who did that had independent businesses, obviously they, they were not, um, you know, punching a clock, as we right, say. Right, right. He said, it's important that we know what the rabbi's mind is. And as I was thinking about this meeting we were going to have today in this, this, this service, I thought, especially now, Pastor Oliver, we have been the founders and the pastors for all these years. We wouldn't know your mind if you didn't bring us together, mm. those with whom you put the responsibility of projecting and carrying forth the vision. Mm. They need to your, know your mind. Mm. And that's just something that I... And, and that's, that's, very, that's very, very critical because we learned that from, from the Jews in the synagogue and the mm -hmm. rabbis and what have you. And it has helped us significantly. Yes. And, um, you know, the, the advantage... We, we are the founders and we have, we have retired. Right. But we mm -hmm. are the recipients of tremendous experiences. Yes. yes. And so if, if we feel that we are invited when you're having your staff meetings, there are many, many things that we might see or hear or experience and we'll be able um, privately right. to say X, Y, Z. Right. Because we have been there. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and right. we've been there with this congregation. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of the principles that the president of the synagogue exposed us to the, the ongoing interaction mm -hmm. between the rabbi and the leadership. Right. And he, he felt that that was very, very important. Mm. So you don't create the same mistakes. Right, <laughs> right. You know, yes. Very, very interesting. Yes. yes, and the president was on pulse with the congregation. Yes. Right. So he said some battles the, pre the rabbi doesn't even have That's to fight. Right. And I remember him saying that. Mm. You take care of it. Right. Yeah. Well, Leave I, him to do best what he can do best. But, but we must let him know. Otherwise, he can't function at the level to which he needs to function. So that was something we never forgot. And it's, it's, um, it's a principle that is critical because they're able to take, uh, the Jews are able to take that principle into other aspects of their lives. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, because they understand, they understand that there are specific persons who are there 
to address issues and to solve problems, and they allow them to do it. Right. So they save the congregation from all of the details. Right, right. <laughs> that they don't have to be involved in. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's an excellent model. Mm -hmm. I can see the support yes. in that system. Y yes, yes. In that system. Um, something else I wanted to mention, a couple of things is the DNA. What is your DNA? We all know now this DNA thing is huge. Right. DNA is in, you can right. see. People want to know, well, I want to know my birth mother, my birth father, my birth cousin, my birth 67th cousin, 12th removed. <laughs> we just want to know where we came from. And what the Lord said is, you are a prototype. Mm -hmm. You know, you think you know, then you have to look. A prototype is original. Mm. So if this is a prototype of heaters of this kind, that means no other heater of this kind had been created before this. The prototype is in front, vanguard, in other words. Not behind, but in front. And that was to give us rest concerning mm -hmm. what people would normally do. People normally compare. Right. So here we started, um, and let's say for all intents and purposes, yes, Man and Bible Institute was just getting us together to move to Broad Street, Upper Broad Street. And we did what we had always done. He was a teacher. The people, uh, many of the persons who came with us were people who had been, quote unquote, somewhat new to the congregation of High Street Church. Hmm. There were some old timers, yes, indeed. But many of them had come as a result of his teaching. It was so different from the predecessor, right. who was also a very good preacher. Right. He said, this is a teacher. This, this is a different model. And so when you're being taught and you feel, oh, I, okay. If you're taught well, then you can duplicate or you can, you're learning and you're able to pass it along. That's when it's the training, the teaching has transitioned from teaching to training. So the Lord says, you must know what is in your DNA. And we were tremendously helped with that by Apostle Abraham Fenton. Remember I told you we were working together. Yes. And he used to teach the Bible studies on Tuesday night. And he did a lot of teaching on the kingdom of God and other things. Without question, he said, in this arrangement, my husband, Reverend Granham at the time, it was in January of 91, he became bishop. He would be the senior pastor, and I'm the co-pastor. Right. At that time, I used to lead worship a lot more mm -hmm. than I did in later years. But I knew what co-pastor meant, that he was a front man. Apostle was a teacher. He used to teach on Tuesday night, and we saw people with our own eyes running, running. from the bus from the stop bus. at mm -hmm. Washington Lane and Arley to run to get into that building for 7.30 on Tuesday night. That place would be packed out. And mm. people, it was Pastor Sally who's noticed, she said, if people were sick and they sat in the front row, they got healed without anybody laying hands on them. Mm. The power of God was awesome. The church just mushroomed and mushroomed and mushroomed. Um, a talk had been mentioned about um, how we even got that, how we got that building. Wisdom from the Word started very early. And um, we knew we had to have a place. And so um, three of us, uh, all three elders, put up our homes as collateral and another couple as well put their homes up for collateral. And 
when we went to the bank, which was our own bank, the bank where we were putting all this money, I mean, these people coming and they're giving, the bank said no. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. And then tell them mm-hmm. what you said. Go ahead. You, you, go ahead. You said, <laughs> you said to, to our representative, said, go back to the banking officer. Say, I want to know the name of the man who said no, so I can let the people who and wisdom from the world and the wisdom radio. from the world. Oh, the whole audience. <laughs> <laughs> this man decided to play hardball. <laughs> and all the people overseas who listen to this, I want to tell them to know the name of the man who turned this down. Needless to say, we got the, the mortgage. <laughs> and we got wow. a mortgage for 30 years, which we paid off in four. Mm. In four years' time, the people of God had a mind to work, and people gave and gave and gave. And we had a huge mortgage burning ceremony. Mm. In four years' time, that 30-year mortgage was paid off. Wow. That's an Ebenezer. Amen. Yes. I think people, yes. people are interested in leaders who take risks of yes. faith. Mm. Risks of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if God is in this, yes. if God is in this, why not take the risk of faith? Right. <laughs> mm. Because it gives God a chance to show himself. Mm. Right. You know? and, and that was something um, we were conscious of and working yes. with the Fentons, very, very conscious, mm-hmm. that spiritual growth, yes. individually and corporately, yes. Well, requires risks of faith. Right. Yes, definitely. Right. So you can't remain stagnant. No. Right. Mm-mm. Right. People want to see what is the next step. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. So, Bishop, what is in your mind and recollection, what was the greater risk? Um, Ardley Street or 7500 Germantown Ave? I know there are different periods. But based on where you are, mm-hmm. what's in front of you yeah. has a, a different appearance. Well, it's the, the, the size of it was different. Right. And the appeal of it was different. But the, the approach to it was different. We knew, we knew logically we could handle Ardley Street. Logically, you know. We have to get the funding, of course. We have to apply to the bank. But we can handle Ardley Street. Um, and we were growing to the point where we were now at two services, yes. early service exactly. to later service. Right. Coming to the campus, the dynamics were totally different. Yes. We were dealing with the knowing, and I say knowing, I mean the multitude, right. the knowing impossibility. Right. <laughs> mm. Impossibility. It was like if you were to say to a person, even a church person or, or a leader, mm-hmm. that you're looking at this property, mm-hmm. they would think you're out of your mind. It was too big. Right. Go ahead, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Just, for, for just a pause. It's true. Everything that Bishop has said is true. But by that time, we knew that God had a big that our vision had expanded. Mm-hmm. Whatever we thought in the beginning, which was we didn't know what to think. But by that time, we knew it was something big. Because I remember the four of us, 
ourselves and the Fentons, particularly driving to different places, looking for great big tracts mm. of land. We went up 309, we went here, we went there, we went a lot of places. And we looked at the area around La Salle because the whole the educational piece kept just ringing in our minds. And at one time we had sat down, the six of us, with the walkers, <clears throat> and between us we realized we had 150 years of Christian education, experience, teaching, so it was a lot of teaching in that DNA. Right. It was solid teaching, that was the foundation. And we knew that God had given us mm -hmm. a big vision. Mm -hmm. One of the things that my husband kept saying is he said, I, would, I feel we need to have a place where we can take care of seniors, older people. Mm -hmm. Remember mm -hmm. that that was from way, way back, seniors. And of course, children and mm. things like that. <clears throat> but um, we had a motto that kept pushing us. Not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. That mm. was one of our Ebenezer stones. Not mm. equal, and that became our church motto. And why? Because by that time, we knew that we had to go to the Lord to ask him what he wanted us to give to mm. launch this. We, we engaged the services of a, of a um, company consultant. from Cal mm -hmm. consultant company from California, mm. and the person they sent was a former pastor. And he said, Pastor, Pastor, you have to lead. This is not something, a place where you can lead from behind. Not like this. Say, go ahead and you. Right. You have to lead. And if you don't make the sacrifice, your congregation can't and shouldn't even be asked to do it. And mm. you can only lead by example. And mm. of course, you know, our whole model was lead by example. Don't preach one thing and live something else and right. say, no, do as I say and not as I do. And that, that didn't fly with mm. us. Mm -hmm. Said, not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. That was thing number one. Thing number two he said is, it's not a sacrifice unless your life is impacted by it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. If there's no impact, there's no sacrifice. Mm. I said, okay, I get it. So we were praying. I was in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. He was in the study. And when the, it hit us, oh my goodness. I was going upstairs to tell him he was coming downstairs. So we met right in the middle of our stairs. Say, okay, we went to the living room. You go first, you go first. And when we shared with each other the amount of money we felt the Lord wanted to give, he said, oh my goodness. We have to sell our house. It's mm. the only way it can happen. Mm. And we were in total agreement. We prayed. We said, well, God, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. It was an emotional thing for me because that was the first house I had ever lived in in my life, which was not a parsonage. Wow. My entire life, I lived in parsonages. Even when we came here, my father had a, a church, and we lived in the parsonage next door. And then High Street, you know, provided a parsonage mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was significant to me that we were going to do this. But I said, if this is God, we have to obey him. But what option do we have? Right. So, Lord, you can, here's the house. And we sold it. And when we had to communicate first with our children, Jane was a teenager. You can't sell a house. You can't. He said, well, you can't sell my apartment. You can sell the house. Sell the house, but apartment. not my apartment. But it was in the house. In the house. <laughs> <laughs> and what did he mean by that? We had, when we realized how tall these boys were getting and everything, we said, we need some more space. And right. so we called in an architect and said, you need to dig down. 
When they went to dig down, they thought they could do it, you know. He, he said he will get a contract and all the people, because we didn't have, that was not our area. We were not trying to go into areas where we had no expertise at all. So we called him, and he, he picked the people, and they came with their regular equipment to do their regular work. They said, uh-uh, we're going to have to get some permits from the city. He says, what for? Because we have to get city equipment. He said, Pastor, your house is built on rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was amazing, because this whole so campus was quarried on rock. Wow. They had to get the same kind of equipment they use in the streets. When you see them digging up? Yes. T- to dig the into Jack the Hammers. basement of our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they dug down two feet, and we renovated the place. It was beautiful. To make room for our tall A side. huge um, area, you know, space where you can have just like a common room. We had two bedrooms there. Dwayne was one, had one, and the other was a guest room. Beautiful bathroom with just the works. And he said, that's my apartment. Because we said, as the eldest, you, that is your place, and everyone else, there were enough bedroom spaces. He said, you can't. You can't sell my apartment. No, mom, dad, you can't do that. You just can't do that to me. And so Silas said, well, I know how to change his mind. So how is it? Explain I'm, to him who Silas was. Oh, Pastor Silas. Yes. Pastor yes. Myrtle Silas, who we have uh, this, um, this terrace um, named after her. She's, uh, she was with us 100%. Mm. It's amazing. We always speak of the elders, but she had a significant role because she had been living and working in, in um, California for several years, and she came in at a strategic point, and she was able to help us move the vision forward. So in a real sense, there were seven of us. Uh. And this is a good time for me to mention that because she had a very critical piece, and she was so multi-talented. She could do the sound piece, that part. She could talk, shop with the guys, she said, lift up this hood, and she could tell them things about the car. She could, when we had our big um, event at uh, uh, the Civic Center, yes. I said, Pastor, there's no way this stuff is going to fit in the trunk. She says, do as I tell you, it will all fit. And it all fit, <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. So she said, I'm going to pray for Dwayne. And I'm going to pray that the Lord won't let him sleep for until he says yes. So by the end of the week, his eyes were bloodshot. <laughs> he said, I don't even know how I'm making it to school. Dad, it's okay, Mom. Dad, you, you can sell the house. Oh. <laughs> but, but, but you said, the Lord said, if you give far, um, house, lands, anything to the kingdom's sake, you will have in this life what? A hundred hundredfold. He wanted to know what was the value of his apartment. A <laughs> hundredfold. <laughs> but, but, but they all said, yeah, and the other children just cried. Of course, the babies were just babies. Mm-hmm. They didn't, I mean, they were little, but they didn't know by this time. Andrew and Sam, they were about seven years old, whatever, but, um, or nine. But, but, but they realized something different had happened. There was a mm. shift. When we shaved, so we shaved with our, you know, our elders at the time, and not, not the ruling elders only, they right, did, right. but the others, the leaders, and so on. And some of them said, you can't do this. You're not going to. I said, no, no, we're doing it. So let that be the platform. We are doing it. Right. And then... They said, we want you to pray about what you should give. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. sold, they said, this is um, the money for my funeral expenses, stocks. I mean, serious savings. People began to give and give and give. It was awesome. Wow. 
So not equal gifts, but equal, but equal, equal sacrifice. sacrifice. We still have to give. There's yeah. not, a, not a piece about this campus, and that is the, the emphasis on the seniors. On the seniors. We mm -hmm. really felt that God would have us have a facility mm -hmm. for seniors. And part of that, part of that has, the facility is there, Covenant Man, yes. yes. 56 apartments for yes. citizens. We don't, we don't get involved in it because of the, the nature of the program. Right. We, we leased it out, we leased it out to a company mm -hmm. with the understanding that they would invest in developing the apartments. Right. And that they will collect the rent until a certain time. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it would come back to us. Right. That was it. Um, I, I think that we, we probably, not probably, we should have explained that to the residents. Mm. Because they see that they're living on a New Covenant campus but we are not involved in any way with them. And um, I've, always, I've always felt that we, sh we should have met with them to explain the relationship. Right. And I'm also thinking now, since you are the new pastor, right. and you haven't had a chance to have an official introduction to them, we probably need to set up a meeting right. whereby you are introduced to them and that they, we share with them what the issue was, mm -hmm. that we were not supposed to really get involved right. mm -hmm. until the time comes when the running of the facility comes back to us. Right, right. So that still needs to be communicated, right, and this right. would be a good time when we introduce you to them yeah. for us to do that. Because yes. it, it must be awkward that a person is living on New Covenant campus and a new covenant leadership has no relationship right, right, right. with them. Right, right. But we just didn't want to do anything that would undercut mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. what the arrangement was. Mm -hmm. Right. So because we, we were not in a position to financially do the project. Right. right. And, and, and develop the 57 right. apartments. Right. But since we were able to find a company who would do it and collect the rent to make back their money, um, we felt that, that the Lord was in that. Okay, yes. so we'll, we'll pick a day. We'll and, pick a day. Um, we'll probably talk with the, them to see which might be a good afternoon or, yes. or what have you. Probably okay. A, probably a Saturday. Okay, all right. We will definitely do that. Um, is there anything that either of you would change, or both of you, about your journey as we uh, prepare to mark the 38th anniversary of New Covenant. Change. Hmm. I might I might think of something, but right offhand I can't because I am I'm so grateful to God. Yes. Hmm. Mm. I'm so of uh, my my mother had five sons. Mm -hmm. I was the one who became the church person at age mm -hmm. eleven. Mm -hmm. And they always laughed at me as mm. a church person. Mm -hmm. But I have watched their lives without God mm -hmm. and the challenges they face. Mm -hmm. And I thank the Lord that he allowed me to know him, to serve him, 
and that he made it very clear to me when I was in Trinidad Bible College after I'd graduated and I was pastoring a church in Trinidad they loved me very very much the Lord is very clear to me that he wanted me to return to Guyana and, um, and that when I returned he would show me my wife mm-hmm. he would show me my wife and I made that decision and returned and um, the Lord showed me my wife mm-hmm. and it's it's 53 years we're very, very grateful. Very mm. grateful. Um, so I cannot think of any major thing right. that I would have changed. Amen. Hitherto, the Lord has brought us this far. Yes. The final question is, what is your earnest desire for the next generation of leaders who will shepherd this ministry that you both founded? into the future. So if you could speak into the future mm-hmm. by speaking to every young person mm-hmm. who will see this dream, what would you say to them? Thank you, Pastor. As I thought about that, and I actually had a, a good conversation with our eldest um, child, son, <laughs> Dwayne, last night, and instantly he said, Mom, all the years you've quoted uh, Isaiah 54:13, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children that scripture incorporates so much more than the words might even seem to suggest at first and I thought about how it would connect us because as Bishop has so eloquently said he was taught from the age of 11 uh, about Christ. He came to the Lord and he was taught. I was taught. I don't know how old I was when the teaching started, but I was taught. And we were taught as youth, as children. It says, all thy children. It specifically says children because children are our future. Mm. They are present right now in the stage where they are absorbing I say to the mothers, and I've said to my daughters-in-law, we have two beautiful daughters-in-law, says those babies are sponges, and what they're doing is soaking up everything that's around them. It's not just the food. They pick up things they put in their mouths when they're real little till they're taught, no, don't do that. But they, they absorb all the atmosphere. So we teach even when we're not conscious of it. They're taught, they're taught of the Lord. You want to intentionally teach our children. We can't overemphasize the importance of teaching and showing young children the right way. Hmm. And we teach them first to honor. They wouldn't even listen to us if we don't teach them the whole principle of honor. And the way to do that is to be a person who's honorable. So for Mm. those of you out there who used to sending Johnny to the door and saying, tell the man I'm not home, stop it, please, right now. Because you are instinctively teaching him to say and do something that is not true. And if he's young enough to say, mommy said to tell you she's not home. But when they're older, they say, oh, my mother's not home. Or my dad is not home or so. So we have to teach them by example, lead by example. But if we do that, 
with asking the Lord to help us. And now it's amazing. We have a pandemic where we are, quote, unquote, locked in with our children. And some might say, I don't know how to teach them math and history and all of that. But what are you teaching them? And if you say, why are you such a slob and you have a mess around yourself? Begin to take stock of you and see mm. how are you giving yourself the, 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 what is needed to let these children know that their future is brighter than it looks right now. Right. He said, let the outcome of this teaching, so-called, be peace. He said, great shall be the peace of your children. Mm. If they are taught of the Lord, they will have great peace. Now, you and I know, and all of us who are of a certain age, in spite of what is going on, we are not really flustered deep down. We know that God is going to take us through. Yes. But the ones who don't have that anchorage mm. don't have that assurance. And right. they're they are worried, sick, they're frantic, they are just frustrated beyond belief. We have something. Back in the days, the, the songs that we have an anchor of the soul, yes. steadfast and sure. The truth is we do. Our anchor goes deep. Mm. So in spite of all the turbulence that is around, we are not shaken to the core. So for our children to have that, we have to start putting it into them intentionally. Putting it into them, putting it into them. Speaking positive words. No negative words. Don't yes. tell the child they're bad because they're disobedient. No, you're disobedient. I don't like that. Mm. But they're not bad because they're disobeyed. Mm. We want the Lord to help our language to change, our projections to change. And if we teach them with the outcome that they would have peace, peace in their time, that they would understand God the way we do, I think we'll be doing our children a great service and we don't have to fear the future. The future will take care of itself. Amen. In terms of my response to your question, it is not what I would change. It's what I would do or probably like to do. I am grateful for the impact of my past and his wife in my life mm -hmm. when I was 11. Um, and I would, now that I've retired <laughs> and have some flexibility, I would like to work with children mm. um, to, to show them the model of service, of serving, to build a relationship mm -hmm. with them so they know they have someone they can talk with. Trust. Mm -hmm. Because that's how I developed. Mm -hmm. right. I had a pastor I can talk with, and mm -hmm. I had youth leaders that I can mm -hmm. interact with. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it's, it's, it's difficult to fully explain what it's like for a child who absolutely knows that he or she has some adults in his or her corner. Yes. Mm. In his or her corner. That's important. Yeah. And um, I, would, I, would, I would like to interact and work with, mm -hmm. with children so that they know that uh, the bishop is in their corner. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. And they can they can fail without falling apart. Right. They can make mistakes and still be loved. 
Yes. Yeah. And um, I don't know how I would do that, but that is something that, that I would like to do. Yes. Okay. Something I would like you to do, yes. that yes. fingerprint. Yes. The, fingerprint is the key. Yes. The DNA of this ministry oh, yeah. has been imparted to each of us. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to put that imprint yeah. on young ones who see chaos all around them. Yes. Mm -hmm. In a city that has the highest poverty rate in the country, one mm -hmm. of the highest crime, crime rates, rate. mm -hmm. but there's still hope. There's still hope. And anchor works best when yes. it's not seen. That's right. When That's it's really underneath. Mm -hmm. The yeah. things that are seen are temporal. Temporal. But that anchor that holds us, when it's beneath the surface, mm -hmm. it can hold us. So I'm, as we bring this to a close, it has been wonderful to have this intimate conversation and allow everyone to mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. into what shaped you both, yes. the vision for the ministry, and understand better how we are here. Two and, things. Yes, Two sir. Things. Um, the price mm -hmm. I paid. Mm -hmm. I got a beating every Sunday night mm -hmm. having gone to church. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I would go to Sunday morning Sunday school and then to a Sunday morning service. Mm -hmm. I organized a group of teenagers. We'd mm -hmm. go to a home for the aged That's right. and preach and have a service for them every Sunday. And then at six o'clock in the evening, I'm back at youth fellowship. Mm -hmm. And then I'm back at 7.30 service. I was a teenager and I knew that by the time I got back home, mm -hmm. I'd get a beating. Mm. Yeah. But um, I think the beating did more for me in a positive way mm -hmm. than was intended mm. because it did not stop me from doing what I was doing. It gave me the strength to do what I was doing and it enabled me to understand my mother specifically, mm -hmm. her, her thinking because under the British, mm -hmm. we were British, mm -hmm. it was the large churches that had jobs mm -hmm. and the like connections, connections. right mm -hmm. church of god was a little little church we had no connections and so her feeling was that i'm wasting my time right because this church has nothing to offer you it has nothing to offer you it's a little church a little wayside church mm -hmm. and she couldn't appreciate the abundance of things that church was offering me as a person. Right, right. And I was um, 14 years old when I was put out of our home. Mm -hmm. So I was going to live at the church. I was 14 <laughs> years old. Mm. My mother could not have believed that the time would come mm -hmm. when I would have to take, when we would have to, to take, take her, her into in. our home. Mm -hmm. And, and in many times died. I would see her sitting in a corner in our house crying. Mm -hmm. and then she would say, mm. I gave you hell. Mm. I gave you hell. Mm. And now look what you're doing for me. Mm -hmm. I have four brothers. None of them was in a position to take her in. Mm -hmm. But the one she put out, <laughs> he and his wife, mm -hmm 
took her in. Wow. So that she died right here in Philadelphia. She died here. Mm. Was buried here. And buried here. Mm -hmm. And um, if you can capture a larger perspective that God is in everything. Yes. Yes. He's in everything. Yes. He's in everything. So we can trust him at all, at all points, even the things that we don't fully understand. In all your ways, acknowledge, acknowledge him. 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 Yes. And he will direct your path. Amen. That's my major learning Amen. from this whole experience. Mm. That he will direct, even, even directing me to her. Yes. Proposing after mm -hmm. one month. Mm -hmm. And now we're together for 53 years. He will God direct be the glory. Yes. yes. To God be the glory. Thank you Thank for saying that. Yes. Uh, this has been awesome. And it is amazing to me that your home, your first home that you sold was built on a rock. Yes. And the house of God is built on a rock. That's it. That talks about the stability of your life. Mm -hmm. May your foundations always be sure. Mm. It is not by chance that what you build is built on a rock. Yes. yes. And your very lives are built on a rock. And uh, I thank God for you. Um, and I, it's, it feels odd to end. I feel the spirit of God. And uh, we're coming to an end after Pastor Hyacinth says something. Yeah, yes. but, so I couldn't sh end this without making reference to our wonderful children. Oh. Because they're a part of everything. Yes. It's Dwayne, who's our eldest, and Jillian, the only girl, young woman, of course, and Aubrey. And after a significant gap, Andrew and Sam. And I will say this much. Andrew said this many years ago. He said, when I learned that I had siblings, older siblings, I learned about New Covenant Church. And we always thought of New Covenant Church of Philadelphia as a sibling. We mm. never saw that as a church the way our friends thought of churches. So we have a strong connection to the church. It was like, you, we, the, the parents we were to them were somewhat different from the parents we were to Dwayne, Jillian, and Aubrey because I was full-time mom. Not a housewife, by the way, and all you housewives out there, I suggest you have a divorce from the house. You don't need to be married to the house. <laughs> you could be a homemaker, but don't be a housewife. That was just my little <laughs> funny piece. But no, I was a full-time homemaker. And I was a prayer warrior in the church. I could remember phone numbers, and I remember putting cords in. I changed the, you know, the phone connection in our homes when we were passing High Street so that my cords could go from one end of the room to another while I continued working, while praying for people. And right. people from the church would call me and ask for other people's phone numbers because I could remember all these phone numbers. I didn't need the book. Mm. I don't do that now. You get your own numbers some kind of way. Right. But they were different. And then when the twins came, I was steeped in ministry. So they didn't have the same mother. I was not the same person. Mm. I didn't give them all the time. And I will say this. There were times that if I had to do it all over again, I would change my decision about when to support them. There were people who helped us. I don't mind calling a couple names people like the Howards and others like them 
who would go to games that the, that the twins had and Aubrey because mm. we were not there. We were all across the globe. The Lord gave us global exposure. Mm. And we couldn't be in two places at once. But sometimes looking back, I said, oh, I wish I were there for this and that and the other thing. But God gave them godparents, you know, spiritual godparents, yes. people who filled in the gap and who would go and support them. So ministry can be very demanding, and I'm saying that for any pastors and wives out there. And you have to weigh and ask the Lord now, what should I do? Because there were times that I wish I'd done it differently. So yes. Mm. But this is to say that God always honors you and he says, you know, even though you made a mistake, well, welcome to the human race. Right. I don't want you beating yourself up about this because he takes everything. Just as he took all the negative that happened to Bishop and made it for his good, he could take whatever they consider negative in their experience mm -hmm. and turn it around for their good. Because Romans 8.28 is still in vogue. All things, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who call according to his purpose. There's another thing too that I had never um, thought of or desired, and that was to live on the campus. Oh yes, we never said we would do that. And here you are. <laughs> this was, that was to be a guest resident for ministers. Right, that's, right. That's the purpose for, that was the for purpose. which it was renovated. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, but the Lord has the the Lord, the Lord, yeah. the Lord. We're glad has, to be on campus, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. shout out to all our wonderful grandchildren, four grandsons and one little princess. Ah. And our daughters in love. I call them daughters in love. When you marry the right person, it can make all the difference in the world. Yes. So Andrew and Chevis have been married 14 years. The Chevis, Andrew's been married to Chevis, and they have Andrew Jr., Alexander, and Ari. And, and Sam has been married. Samuel has been married to Samantha, and they have Savannah and, and Science. Mm. You know, Savannah, the princess, and Science. So four grandsons and one granddaughter. Yes. So we want to shout out to them and their parents and their families. Yes. We have really expanded our families. And yeah. family is important. And that's something that somebody said, you know, you have been not just pastors, but you've been like parents. And there are many persons who have said that Bishop has been more of a father to them than their own fathers were. Mm. And so whatever pain he experienced in childhood, he turned it around to make it right. a platform for ministry. Right. So instead of crying abuse about what you didn't have, well, you be that person. Yes. You be that caregiver. You be that special shoulder to lean on, you know. And I, yes. and I think of mm -hmm. Deacon Lockett, Mose, mm -hmm. Mose, <laughs> dear wife, and all the pioneers. Pioneers, we thank God the pioneers. for the pioneers. Oh, God. Thank People you. People that you. we did not ask to come with us. That's right. Because the Lord had said, don't ask. Don't ask. Mm. And when we asked the two persons, they said no. <laughs> but we are so grateful that God kept his word. Yes. And he surrounded us with tremendous pioneers. Pioneers. Thank you. Um, mm. We just, we just thank God for the way he works. Yes. Right. We really, really do. Mm. They're yes. still <coughs> Many part of, of our lives. Those Today. who are around. Those are, yes. are part of our lives. Mm. Thank God. Because God made it happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. It lasted. And for all those who have joined ever since. <coughs> right, right. We can't right. all be grandmothers and grandfathers, yes. but whoever you are, and whatever time you have come, thank you for being a part of the New Covenant Church family. 
We love you, we appreciate you, and we can't say enough about how special you are as a congregation. And we, uh, we have shared this with people all over mm -hmm. because we know a lot of pastors who don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. right. They don't feel loved, they don't feel cared for or appreciated by the members. And so you all are very, very blessed. You're a big blessing. Mm. And we love you. God bless you. Yes. And so this is a big so blessing, by the way, for yes. those who may not know that, well, where did this man come from? He was a part of our church. For how many years? 24 years. 24 years. So we did not bring somebody from outside and say, this is your new pastor, which yes. is what some churches have to experience. Right. And maybe in the systems that they have, they kind of psychologically prepare themselves for that. Right. But no, this is somebody who is homegrown in here. Yes. And, no, and he's very much loved. Thank yes. you, Pastor Oliver. Thank you, lady. Denise, yeah. <laughs> when he said yes, you supported him. Yes. Or he wouldn't be sitting here today. Yes. If you had kicked up a fuss, he would not be sitting here. Yes. Because he could not have received this awesome assignment without your support. So we want to honor you at this time. And thank you. And thank you for influencing your children because we know the impact that mothers have on their children. Yes. <laughs> to, to, to have them support as well. Thank you, Sherelle, Brother Reggie, uh, Olivia, no, um, Jacob and Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, Dion and David. Yes. Thank you all so much. And yes. Sister Mary, God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, I can, I can come out in the mornings and walk and not have to leave the campus. <laughs> it's big enough for me to walk yes. around. And the, the final thing, um, as I think of one of the things I'd like to do in addition to working with children, is to work with, is to help adults focus on their vision. Mm. Mm. On their vision. You've got to, there's got to be something that you're prepared to give your life right. to. And that's the whole question of what is the vision? Right. What is the vision? Do you just drift along? Right. Or is there something that God has for you? Right. That you're going to put all your effort and energy into? Right. And see it happen. That sounds like a conference post-pandemic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's yes. a good thing. Yes. Yeah, futures don't only belong to the young. It that's belongs right. to all of us, all of us. who have breath. Yes. There's a reason why we have breath, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I do want to give a shout out to my mother, Mrs. Myrtle Bob, Mom Bob, as she's called lovingly by the congregation, who now hears at 103 and nine months. In, by January, she should be 104 of the Lord spirits her life. To my sisters, Daphne and Joy, who take care of her actively, they live with her. And to my other sisters, Avril and her new husband, Larry, Hillary and Jay, and my brother Douglas and his wife Lydia and their children and grandchildren, thank you so much for just always supporting us, supporting me and of course our family. Yes. Amen. 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 <laughs> thank you both. Thank this you. has been thank a you. privilege and an honor. And from the day that my wife and I sat at your kitchen table mm. until this day, we are so grateful for your love, for your support, and for all that you've sown into our family. Mm. I can say without reservation, our lives are better 
because God sent us here Thank you. as strangers who knew no one. That's right. Thank and when we got to know you, things things got better for all mm. of us. So God Thank bless you. God Thank bless you very much. New covenant, much love. Thank oh, you. Love you guys. Uh, God bless and keep you. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.